Hi there, are you fed up with your wine belly? Embarrassed about your booze boobs? Sick of waking up with a hangover? And tired of never reaching your potential? Welcome to Sober Sassy Life, the podcast for women who are looking for more out of life than the evening rendezvous with the Chardonnay. Let's banish the wine witch for good. Here's your host, Jackie Elliott. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Sober Sassy Live podcast. My name is Jackie Elliott, and today we are going to be talking about triggers, my seven deadly triggers to be exact. So what are triggers exactly? So they are feelings, situations, people, events, or anything really that prompt a craving to drink. So many people experience many different triggers. And when you experience a trigger, which is followed by a craving, obviously it doesn't follow that you necessarily have to act on it or indeed that you do act upon it. And if you need some help with establishing some strategies for cravings, if you go to um, the post for this podcast episode on my website, you will see uh, a download link for my help sheet for coping with cravings. But recognising the triggers that causes cravings in the first place is the place to start. So as I said, your triggers may be many and varied, but over the recent years chatting with so many of you, I've put together my list of seven deadly triggers. So here we go. So top of the list is stress. So last year I did a very unscientific survey among uh, women who follow me on my Facebook page or read the blog. And over 70% of the women who responded, um, they said that they drank wine to either relieve stress or to help them relax. And I totally get it. At the end of a stressful day when I was drinking, the first glass went down without touching the sides. And basically it was let the numbing begin. I convinced myself that wine was essential to relieve my stress and of course normal, but it's not. So here's the thing about stress. Stress does go away on its own if you let it. And to help it go away, you all you need to do is to distract yourself. So even if you substituted the wine with an hour of sorting the laundry, the resulting lowered stress levels would be exactly the same. All we have done is um, used wine over and over again. So it's be- become a, an habitual way to deal with stress but drinking wine to relax is not necessary and reaching for the bottle every time you feel your stress levels rise is self-medicating. So my second uh, seven deadly trigger is social occasions. So in this booze-soaked world we've got used to celebrating with alcohol obviously. It's more than accepted, it's expected So much so that recently when friends of ours were getting married and wanted a dry wedding without any alcohol, people actually refused to attend. So just imagine that for a moment. People were so horrified that they couldn't drink their face off. They opted not to celebrate the love of two people. Their beverage in their glass was more important than honouring two people's happiness. So when you are newly sober... Facing any social occasion without a drink in your hand is daunting. I absolutely get it. And the key to surviving it, at least the first few times, is to have a strategy plan. 
And again, there's a free download on my um, post page for this podcast on my website, which is another instant help sheet on sober socialising. So pop over there if you need something on hand to have a look at. So number three on my list is drinking buddies. So we tend to associate with people who do the same stuff that we do, uh, who reassure us that our drinking is not a problem, very often because they drink in the same way that we do. And often it's not even direct pressure. It's not people in our face or arguing with you, anything they say. It's just being in the same familiar comfort zone with the same people that can trigger drinking. And often the only solution to deal with this is to remove yourself from them for a while. And you may even find, as I did, that the only thing that you have in common with some people is a mutual love of Merlot. So number four of my seven deadly triggers is nostalgia. So nostalgia can creep up behind you and take you out at the knees when you least expect it. Even after more than two years without a drink and literally longer than I can remember without cravings, I felt an overwhelming desire to pour a glass of wine when my husband and I were staying on a boat overnight last summer and we were watching the sun go down. So it was a romantic moment and I remembered the times that we had done this before with a glass of wine in our hand. So I had to force myself to remember the stuff that nostalgia conveniently emits. The over-drinking, it's never just one glass. The staggering to bed, barely remembered, and the hangover the next day, which ruins a day's boating. Number five on my list is boredom, and this one is a hard one to admit. When I sat down on a Saturday afternoon, impatiently looking at the clock to make sure it was later than noon, even one minute after... It was so much easier to convince myself that I was stressed after a long week and I really deserved a glass of wine. But the truth was, I was bored. Drinking numbed the boredom. And once you quit drinking, it's essential that you have some activities to fill the wine-shaped boredom hole because being bored can become a habit. So it's just start off with small things. You know, a little bit of decluttering, uh, starting a project, even throwing yourself into work can help you avoid this trigger. Number six is marketing. And no one likes to feel that they are being manipulated by marketing. And of course, marketing is just so much more than ads on billboards or commercials on TV. Alcohol is traditionally marketed to us, of course, but more effective And more insidious is the way that alcohol as a lifestyle pops up in our social media feeds and popular TV shows. By constantly portraying drinking as not just normal but expected, as we've said before, if you are a parent, so think all those wine mummy memes that you see in your social media feed. If you are a professional person, think about The Good Wife or Scandal or all those TV shows where you have smart, elegant women sipping wine at the end of the work day or if you are young and single or even not so young and single think sex in the city all of this portrayal as of a boozy lifestyle has meant that our behavior has been manipulated the booze is not there by accident the alcohol industry wants us to drink a lot 
And the first defense to this is to be aware. So think to yourself, kibono. So kibono literally means who benefits. And the answer, of course, are those faceless shareholders who receive dividends at the expense of our health. Number seven, my last seven deadly trigger is one that we don't often think about, is one that's often left out. The first drink is always a trigger for the second and the one after that and the one after that and the one after that. So if chances are, if you are reading this, is that you have no stop button and I didn't either. So the trick is to avoid the very first drink. So thanks so much for listening. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about how we uh, deal with the cravings that come from those (coughs) seven deadly triggers and how we can deal with them. And in the meantime, as I said, if you visit my uh, post on my website, which houses this podcast episode and the transcripts, you'll find links to the downloads that I mentioned. You will also find a link to um, for more details for my uh, group called Sage, Sassy and Sober, which is a group of amazing women uh, that we meet in a secret Facebook group. And I've recently uh, just made uh, a shiny new website space with lots of material for everybody who joins. And I am offering the first month for a dollar. And that will give you... um, just a little bit of time to to find yourself around and make sure that it's a good fit. So if you're thinking about joining a a group and having a tribe to help you through your sober journey, then go have a look at um, my page for Sage, Sassy and Sober and find out how you can join for a dollar for your first month. After that, the monthly subscription is $10 and it is, uh, is great value, even though I say it myself. So thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now.